you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. I am your host, Lily, and I found out I was an NPE through an ancestry DNA test that changed my life forever. NPE is a term that stands for not parent expected or non-paternal event. This means that one or more of our parents are not who we believe them to be. NPE Stories is a podcast where NPEs can share their story of what their original family was like, how they found out they were an NPE, and what their journey has been like since the day they found out. Welcome to episode 32, where today I am talking to Victoria. Hi, Victoria. Hi, Lily. How are you today? I'm doing great. Well, I'm so happy to have you here and... Thank you for being willing to share your story today. Yes. Thank you for giving all of us this platform. Absolutely. And let's get into your story whenever you're ready. You know how this goes. So why don't you go ahead and take us back to the beginning and let us know a little bit about your original family and what your childhood was like. Sure. So my original family um, basically was just my mother and I in the very beginning She was a single mom. She met um, the dad who I have called my dad. They met when I was two years old and started dating. Um, He's always been the father figure in my life since I was two years old. So they got married when I was eight years old. Um, And it was just kind of the three of us for a while. And then when I was 14 years old, Um, they had my little sister, um, but there was all, there were always these memories that I had of another man and I had memories of like driving his truck, sitting on his lap and driving his truck and remembering that we would stop and get pink frosted donuts from the convenience store. And so I always kind of had questions. I knew that this man that was my dad and raised me wasn't my biological dad. So I kind of started asking questions around 11 or 12. And that's when my mom told me that, um, you know, she didn't know who my biological father was because she had been assaulted. She had been raped. And so that's the story that I got when I was 11 or 12. And I didn't really understand what that meant at the time as an 11 or 12 year old. So I remember asking her questions during this conversation, like, well, like, how did you know that you were assault raped? You know, how did that happen? And she's like, well, you know, I was sore and I was pretty beat up and I had come home from work and there was just a man who I didn't know waiting in the house for me. And that's how that happened. And so that's the story that I got. And, you know, I, there's no changing that, you know, there's, there's really no more questions to go from there, you know? So I just kind of really internalized that. And, you know, I never really talked to anybody about, I never really got help to deal with that news that my mom delivered to me at such a young age. Oh, that would be so hard to find that out as a child. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it was tough. And, 
just kind of like that age when you're a little girl and you're trying to figure out who you are. You know, I was searching for who I was. I knew that the dad that raised me wasn't my dad. And I, I was curious. I wanted answers. And so fast forward to being an adult, you know, I, I took that ancestry.com test and that really shattered the story that my mom gave me. Oh, really? What did you find out after taking the Ancestry test? So I found out through Ancestry.com. I had submitted my test. I don't remember even why I bought the test. I think I'd seen a show about some siblings that had found each other. And so I'm like, I'm going to do that. Like, I wonder if I have any siblings out there. But then in the back of my mind, I was thinking, well, if I find these siblings, whoever their father is, is going to be the man that raped my mom. Hmm. So it was like, that was very, very much in the back of my mind. But something was pushing me to take that, take that test. So I sent it in, got the results back. And, you know, it, I didn't really follow up with it. And in... April of 2017 is when my mom had texted me, said, hey, give me a call after work, which was normal. That's something I would do anyway, probably on my way home from work. And but the fact that she had told me to call her was like something, something's up. So I called her on my way home from work and she said, you know, you got a hit on your ancestry account. And I'm thinking, well, how do you know that? Like, you don't have my password or anything like that. Cause I had told her I'd submitted my results and she, she didn't, didn't say anything. Um, and I'm like, well, how do you know that? She's a, like, well, um, Matt, a guy that I went to high school with called me and said, you know, it, I'm on ancestry.com. It's showing Victoria is my daughter. Um, and so they just, you know, and he had my mom's cell phone number because he had bought some furniture from her, (laughs) from us years ago. And he had her on Facebook too, because they were, they were high school classmates. So they were friends on Facebook, had each other's cell phone numbers. And so she had, she'd had the whole day to talk to him and I, Clearly, I mean, I was just in shock. I'm like, okay, so this guy did not assault you. She said, oh, no, no, no. He's a great guy. Really smart. He has kids of his own. And so I just was pretty calm with my mom after she told me that. I didn't, it didn't really hit me. It took a while to sink in. So... My husband now, we were just dating at the time. He had would had planned on coming over that night anyway. And so I just said, you know, meet me downstairs at the bar. I lived in an apartment above a bar at the time. And I said, meet me downstairs. So I didn't tell him until he got to the bar. And he's like, what is going on? He could tell I was just in distress. And by that time, I had already got on Facebook and looked at my mom's friends and was able to find Matt and just looking through pictures of him. 
yeah, well, we look exactly alike. Mm. It was just crazy. Like I'd always wondered who this man was. That was my father and thinking he was such a bad person mm. and thinking I could walk by this man in the grocery store and not even know it. But then finding out that he's, you know, a great guy. He's got kids. So I have, I've got two brothers and two sisters. No. So it just, all that processing and taking it in took a while for it to sink in. And then the, the anger towards my mother really set in after that. And even anger towards the father that raised me, thinking, you know, that he somehow knew this too. Hmm. Um, but after talking to them, he had been told the same story that I was told, that she was assaulted. And, you know, I can't really say that she wasn't. Okay. You know, I mean... As a woman, I can't say that, especially not to my mother. Like, you're lying about being assaulted. I can't say that to another woman. So she could have still been assaulted. But she didn't tell me or the dad that raised me. You know, there are other men out there that I had relationships with. And after kind of uncovering it and talking to my biological father about the time frame of all of that, you know, he was back for a party. This was after college. He was in college and he was back in their small town visiting and they were there for, they're at the same Super Bowl party. So I'm a Super Bowl baby. I found out. Oh, okay. so kind of interesting. And so, yeah, Super Bowl baby one night thing. Um, they never talked about it. Again, they never told anyone, which is what's so kind of amazing is they're both from this small town where everybody's, everybody knows everybody, so-and-so is cousins with so-and-so, and and they're cousins with this cousin, kind of small town, and no one knew about this. Did your birth father suspect when she was pregnant that it was his? So that's where it gets kind of tricky because he knew that she was pregnant, but my mom was also married at the time. Oh, okay. So that's where this all gets, this is where as angry as I was with my mom for making the decisions that she made and not telling the whole truth, I understand why she did it because she was in a unhappy and she says an abusive relationship. And I think he was either away at basic or he was stationed somewhere. You know, she didn't want to really be in the marriage anymore, but she was really young. I think they got married when she was 17. Her parents allowed her to get married. Um, she didn't know how to get out of it. So I understand that. And then I understand You find out you're pregnant and you don't really know who the father is. So you just, you just keep going along with, well, it's, it's my husband's. Mm -hmm. She knows she never said, oh, it could be 
Matt's or it could be someone else's. She just went with it was her husband's. So that's the man that I had memories of getting those donuts. Yeah, this was the man that I had memories of when I was younger because they eventually, after I was born, separated and were getting a divorce. But I still had some visitation with him because they hadn't done a DNA test to determine that he wasn't my father. So I still had visitation with him and he would buy me those pink frosted donuts and he would let me sit on his lap and drive his truck. And I still had visitation with him. So we found out through their divorce. Well, I found out afterwards that during their divorce, you know, they did a paternity test and he wasn't the father. So then I think that's when my mom started saying she was assaulted during that time frame. You know, she needed someone to be the father and instead of saying, oh, I was unfaithful or I stepped out of my un, my marriage when I was unhappy, she just said, no, I, it must have been from that time that I was assaulted. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Wow, that's that's a lot. Yes. Yes, and it, many, many more layers of, you know, when it came time for my mom and the dad that raised me to get married, um, he obviously, he adopted me when I was eight. So through that process, you know, the attorneys doing the adoption had to ask my mom, you know, are there any, is there anyone else that could be the father? You know, we have to cover all of our bases here. And my mom named someone. And so it was my the dad that raised me, it was his understanding that, okay, if she's naming that man, that must have been the guy that assaulted her. Uh-huh. So no questions asked. The dad that raised me and was adopting me said, I obviously don't want him to have anything to do with Victoria. I'm going to adopt her and raise her. So that man, I think, wanted a DNA test. I mean, that would be the next logical step. If you're saying that, hey, I mean, they got papers in the mail saying, hey, we need you to sign, release your rights to Victoria. And he's like, well, not without a DNA test. And this was another man that my mom had went to high school with. Hmm. And this is a man that is now still very, very good friends, family friends with Matt, my biological father. So I've had this conversation with him and his wife that they got papers in the mail saying, you know, you need to sign away your rights to Victoria. And they were just kind of shocked. Like they had heard rumors and the rumors that they had heard was that my mom was accusing him of assaulting her. He obviously wanted a DNA test to see if I was his, but he, he didn't want to be accused of assault if I did turn out to be his. Yeah. So he was kind of in a pickle And so they were, I think they were going to ask for a DNA test. And I think my mom came back with her attorney and said, all right, if you want this DNA test, that's fine. But we're going to sue you for the, you know, eight years back child support when she comes back to be yours. So they kind of scared this man away without doing a DNA test. Mm. Yeah. So, and I mean, hindsight, my dad that raised me didn't know that this was another consensual partner. 
mm-hmm. or else he's told me I would have gone, I would have gone, you know, of course I would have gotten a DNA test for him. And my mom, knowing that he wasn't the one that assaulted her, should have said, yeah, we probably should do a DNA test, you know? And that's, that's another frustrating part. Something that I can't forgive her for is, you know, and then if he would have taken the DNA test and he wasn't, then, well, well, we got to keep looking, you know, we got to keep looking for who Victoria's father is. Like my mom would have to give up another name. Yeah. And we could get it figured out, but it, it just never got figured out until, I mean, she probably never thought we would be able to spit into a tube and send it off to the internet and get DNA results. So. Yeah. It was your birth father that it sounds like your birth father saw the results before you. Is that correct? Yes. He saw them. He recognized um, the last name from being Facebook friends with my mom, her married, her married name. And then when I was adopted, I got his name too. So he recognized that name from Facebook. Okay. So what has transpired since all of this happened? And this was in 2017? Yes. 2017 spring. Yeah. It's almost coming up on the one or three year and three year anniversary, April 12th. Um, my, isn't that funny how you remember that date so well though? It it is. It's like forever ingrained. I mean, it changed my life. And my biological father, I call him bio dad. Bio dad says that's my new birthday. So we call each other a lot. And so he, he always calls me on my, my new birthday. He calls it. Oh, it's my birthday then Victoria today. This is my, I'm, I'm an April NPE as well. And April 9th is the day we're recording this and that's today. So you're coming up on, and you're coming up on April 12th, just a few more days for you. Wow. Okay. But no, I keep, keep going. You're saying about your bio dad. Yeah, no, he, I mean, just things with, since finding out things with my biological dad and that has all gone so like unexpectedly great. Like the whole family has welcomed me with open arms. They had kind of, um, and they live like 45 minutes away from where I grew up. Just a couple towns over, you know, we used to, I'm positive we were going to the same college football games. We're both Iowa state football fans. And so we had season tickets. They've had season tickets when they were growing up. So I know that we were tailgating in the same parking lots and just crazy, crazy stuff, but they have all welcomed me with open arms. He had kind of, um, a lunch and I went over there and met, um, his mom. And so my grandma and grandfather and met my siblings and an aunt and an uncle and those cousins, their kids, and so all of that has been great. They've, we've been on vacations together. Um, oh my gosh. Yes. My husband and I actually, we went with my husband's family to Europe in 2018. That's where we got engaged actually. And um, my biological dad happened to be over there for work. And so he came and met up with us in Germany at a beer tent during Oktoberfest and 
it just completely surreal how welcoming they've all been. Oh, that's beautiful. I love it. Yes. Things with my mother, though, have not, were not so great. I mean, I mean, it's hard to believe this was three years ago, but immediately after that, you know, when I listened to your story, Lily, it sounded a lot like how your mom reacted was kind of how my mom reacted, like completely like put up a defense and took everything super personally Mm-hmm. And felt very attacked, which is, I mean, I can understand that. Um, sure. So it was just a lot of miscommunication there, a lot of anger, a lot of hurt. She felt like she was being attacked. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she didn't really give me the straightforward answers. Like, okay, here's what happened. Here's why I did, you know, and I don't think anyone's mom really reacts that way. Yeah. It, it takes time. It took a long time to get an apology from her. Like longer than a year. Because she. Yeah. Her and the dad that raised me really, really fell apart after this because she wanted him to back her story up Mm -hmm. in a sense that she wanted my dad that raised me to say, no, I knew the guy that we tested when I was adopting you. I knew that he was a consensual partner. I never thought that he was the man that your mom accused of assaulting you because my mom says to this day, like, I never accused him of assaulting me. Like, well, then why didn't you do a DNA test then? Mm -hmm. That doesn't make any sense. So she really wanted the dad that raised me to back her up and say, no, I knew he was consensual. And he said, no, I'm not going to do that. That's not the truth. You told me the same thing. So in a way, like the dad that raised me and I really, we found this secret out at the same time. And we were both devastated by it that she had she hadn't lied but she hadn't told the whole truth which to me is still a lie Mm -hmm. um so they are they are now divorced they got divorced in they told us in december of 2017 like around christmas they called and said that they were filing for divorce and so they've been separated and divorced for two years now and part of that was difficult for me because I felt like for a long time it was my fault. And it's not. Right. And I, that I had uncovered the secret and it. Yeah. I really just feel terrible for my little sister who's, I mean, she's only 14 now. And now she lives with divorced parents, but clearly it, it was the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, they had had some issues before and. This just was oh. the final straw. So, the final straw that must have felt terrible. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, like I, I did blame myself for that for a while. But I, as soon as I found out about this, I started therapy like right away. Like I knew 
I've got to talk this out with someone who isn't involved some, some way, you know? Yeah. I can't talk to my aunt about it because she kind of has my mom's side and I can't talk to, you know, this uncle about it. Cause he's, he's got their side of their point of view. So I, took advantage of some EAP through work. And after that, they referred me and I found a lady that I absolutely love to talk to. And so she has really helped me, first of all, set some boundaries with my mother, which has been very helpful. Setting those healthy boundaries. And my mom and I are a lot better now. A lot, a lot better. But there was a there was a good year there where I, through the advice of my therapists had to say, you know, I'm, well, I can't talk to you right now. This is unhealthy. She was still trying to fight and get me to see her point of view. And, you know, she just kind of had that victim mentality where mm-hmm. I just couldn't even deal with that, where clearly I'm the victim in this situation. Yes. And not you. So, yeah, I had to take a good year and I had to put up some walls, some good boundaries with her and I had to have her stick to it and it has gotten a lot better now. Can I get there, please? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I know. It's it's a struggle and it's you really, even if like the other, like even if my mom's not going to, do the work that she needs to do to get there, which she has. She's, she's done some work on her own for us to get to where we are, but you have to do the work for yourself because it's only you and yourself at the end of the day. And you have to work through, you know, I am worth, worth it. I have this new identity that I'm going to embrace now. And I am going to keep these boundaries to protect myself. And I think that's what I would, my advice would be to anyone that's going through this. Or if anyone that's listening is like, I have that secret, you know, I, I should probably tell someone they should probably know this information. Go talk to a therapist first or go talk to someone you trust in your church and just Figure out why you did what you did and try to understand. Like, I understand why my mom did what she did. It doesn't make it okay. But if she could have got to a point on her own just to come and tell me, hey, you know, there is a possibility that your father, your biological father wasn't from my assaults. I also had a relationship with this man and he should probably be tested. But that's not, I mean, that's not the way the world works, but <laughs> yeah. hindsight's always twenty twenty. but you have to take care of yourself. So well said. How is your bio dad and your birth father and your mother, how is that dynamic? So at the beginning, there was some tension between my mom and my bio dad, um, you know, she didn't think he needed to be giving me some of the information he was giving me. Um, but obviously it was relevant to what was going on. So 
but they're, they're better now. And, um, you know, my husband, um, we got engaged and, you know, he had a bachelor party out in Colorado and my dad that raised me and my bio dad and, um, one of my brothers all went on that trip for a weekend in Colorado altogether. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was amazing. Was this one of your new brothers, your half sibling that went with as well? Yep. uh, Yep. One of my half brothers went. Yeah. Half brothers. Wow. Yeah. And then at my, one of my bridal showers, um, Matt's wife, my bio dad's wife came and um, my half sisters came and um, a sister-in-law, new sister-in-law that I met. They were all there. And my grandma, uh, Matt's, Matt's mom, they came and my mom and her family was there. And my husband's, all the women on her, his side of the family, they all came. And my aunt said, okay, let's go around the room and introduce ourselves. I'm like, oh, this is going to be awkward. (laughs) You know, I'm, I'm Maddie. I'm Tori's sister. I'm Victoria's sister. And then it got to Matt's wife. And she said, you know, I'm Beth. I'm Victoria's. And she kind of paused and my mom broke the silence and said, you can say it. She was, I'm Tori's other mom. And, you know, we all kind of just laughed and it was fine. It was, yeah, it was awkward, but it's true. She is, has been a mother to me and has welcomed this chaos. And so, and then I, I mean, this whole time planning our wedding I was so nervous because I wanted all of my family to be there, my new family and my original family. And it all came together. They all came. There wasn't any drama. It was very nice. I, Matt's wife and my mom talked and were taking pictures together. And um, me and my dad and my bio dad, we were taking pictures in the photo booth together and then I actually danced with both of my dads at the wedding reception. So that was really neat. That is the sweetest thing I've heard. I love that. I I can't believe it happened because, you know, your anxiety gets the best of you sometimes. And you just, I mean, months before the wedding, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they're all going to be in the same room and it can't possibly go right. And it did. Congratulations, by the way, you newlywed. Thanks. So where does this leave you today? It sounds like you have this beautiful family. How are your feelings today, especially compared with three years ago? Uh, Time has definitely healed a lot of wounds. I never thought I would say that, but it really has. And I love my mother and... We're building it day by day and forgiveness is, forgiveness is not a one-time thing. It's, it can be a daily thing sometimes like, no, I'm not going to wake up and I'm not going to be angry. And it's a choice every day sometimes to choose to forgive someone. And we're all just in a, much happier place than we were three years ago. And I never thought I would say that. 
that is really comforting to hear something like that. Victoria, if people would like to know more about you, how could they get in touch with you? So I have an Instagram account and my handle is Victoria underscore Retz, R-E-T-Z. Great. Victoria underscore Retz. Yes. And thank you so much for sharing this today. Thank you so much for having me on. I, I really appreciate it. It's something I haven't talked about in a long time. I figured out. And so my husband last time was like, you better write some stuff down. You you know, you haven't really, you haven't really opened this door for a while. So it was good to talk about it again. And you really shared some raw stuff. I really appreciate. I know a lot of that story is hard to talk about and you know, I really appreciate you sharing this and so many other NPEs do as well, uh, especially the the tricky, you know, the, the stuff that really, that hurts, that hurts to share. So yeah. thank you for doing that. Yes. And I have taken so much from listening to other people's stories. So I'm just glad I can share mine too. Thanks again to Victoria for sharing today. These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE that would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us. Thank you.